The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the All Rookie Podcast. Today is June 30th, 2021, and I am your host, William Harris. Hope you all are having a wonderful day. Today I have a very special guest with me, the host of Football Grizzlies Podcast, David Williams. How are you doing today, David? I'm good. I, I don't know that very special is fitting, but I'll take it, man. <laughs> very special to me, so I'm <laughs> happy to have you here. Um, let everyone know about your podcast on Football, Gri- Football Grizzlies. Yeah, so uh, my my guy Isaac Simpson and I we cover the Grizzlies for Hootball. It's at Hootball Grizzlies on Twitter. Uh, I actually started doing the show Jaron's rookie season. So it's at um, Jaren Jackson. It's, it's, it's all running. It's running together. Was he? Let's see. Ja was eighteen nine. Man, I don't even know. It, it's been like three or four three years. Three or four it's, years, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, like COVID has got me so messed up, man, with the scheduling. I, I think it's like it, it's around three or whatever. But I started then, and it, it just it it happened on accident, honestly, man. And Dan was on Twitter. I had followed Dan because I, I play fantasy basketball a ton, and he was talking about their team coverage guys. So I go on Hootball, and I'm looking for Grizzly stuff, and there's nothing. And so I just tweeted at Dan. I'm like, man, you guys got nothing for the Grizzlies. And he just kind of jokingly said, he's like, you want to cover them? Ha ha. And so, the, the, you know, it just, it went from there. Um, you know, we, we had, uh, he DM me. We, we talked for probably a couple of weeks off and on and then just jumped right into it, man. And it seems, I'm sure that you, you kind of noticed this too, when you first get started, it seems super rocky for you. And then the more you do it, the easier it gets. And so, Definitely. you know, Isaac just joined me uh, middle part of last season and he's been a, a fantastic ad, man. He, he's got a lot of great insight. He, uh, you know, he's from Memphis. He's been covering the Tigers for a few years, been a season ticket holder for the Grizzlies for a long time. So, you know, adding him to, to get a little more flavor and, you know, it's good when, when you have somebody on the show with you that, that you can bounce stuff back and forth off of. I feel mm-hmm. like the show just flows better. So, you know, we, we enjoy it. We, we're doing as much as we can over there. We're working on uh, on getting in, getting credentialed. And so that that's still kind of out there. That's a, a possibility. So we're hoping that that comes through. We did get a lot of great opportunities this year. The uh, The PR guy from Memphis he let us in on all of the uh, all of the Zoom calls, so we got you know awesome. essentially all of the access uh, to the to the Grizzlies like a member of the media, and we're just gonna keep chugging along, man. You know, Dan was he he was kind of yes or no on it. He he was kind of in between, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, if we if we try and we don't get it, then okay, you know, we're just gonna keep covering them the same right. way that we have been. We haven't had right. access to that stuff before this season. We've been doing a good job, and we're just gonna keep doing that. So, sorry, super long story, just to say, you know, like wow, doing a lot of great awesome. things over there, man. I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Mean, you're only in year three or four, and I mean, imagine how you're successful you'll be in another three or four years. So, I mean, I love the path you guys are going on, and everyone should definitely check you out. What's your personal uh, Twitter if you want to give that out? Yeah, sure. I, I'm at dwill two one one one. 
And then my, my co-host Isaac, he is Isaac underscore rivals. Look at that. Great teammate right there. <laughs> yeah. Shouting out yeah. Your guy. He, uh, yeah. he takes care of me. So, you know, it's a, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours type of deal, man. There you go. There you go. Well, we're going to get into the show. Um, today we're going to get, like we mentioned with the Memphis Grizzlies, get a little into their draft stat- strategy, who you like for them, how you think the team is going forward, uh, what they're going to do, and uh, go over our three favorite sleepers in the upcoming NBA draft. Uh, now, you know, obviously that list can change at any moment uh, because it's pretty fluid, you know, during draft season. One guy can be in the top 15 and then in the second round before you know it. So, yeah. you know. We're going to get into it. I'll let you do the honor since you're the guest. Who is your first of your three guys you would like to go over? Uh, this guy, actually, I had him down. He'd been a sleeper, but he performed well at the combine, and he's been really rocketing up the board. It's uh, Nashon Highland, Bones Highland from VCU. He's a 6'3 guard. Man, I was watching film on him. Isaac and I were talking about him on, on the Grizzlies podcast. And the more I watch this kid, he he's incredible, man. If he was, you know, he's listed at 6'3". If he was a 6'5 or 6'6 guy, there's no doubt about it. He would be lottery. I think his height is really what's keeping him out of the lottery. He can shoot the ball he, from anywhere. You know, there, there's plenty of clips of this dude coming across half court and just pulling up and, and drilling it. So, you know, he doesn't lack confidence. Just, you know... <clears throat> The, the problem with his height is he's not really a true point guard and he's kind of undersized for a two. So, you know, th- that's kind of something that, that has him probably falling a little bit later in the draft. But I, I think wherever he goes, he's going to be a guy, whether he ends up being in the starting lineup and they're running him as a small two, if they have a big enough guard that they can do that, or if he's, he's a bench guy that comes out and he's just like that microwave scorer, Jordan Clarkson, type role mm-hmm. i think that he would uh be able to fill that to the t yeah where do you have him projected going do you think what range you think in the 20s teens 30s what do you what do you think man but you know when we first started talking uh, about doing this episode i would have said probably late 20s early early second round but it seems like he's kind of you know there's a lot of talent in this draft. I don't know that he's going to crack inside the top 20, um, but it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him go somewhere. You know, um, I I think that he would be a good fit for the Lakers. Honestly, as a guy coming off of their bench there, you know, we heard about their depth all season and then it really like it let them down, you know, at the, the end of the year, health was obviously an issue, but you know, I think that, He's a guy that can come out and he's going to produce right off the bat. You know, his, his skill set, the way he can get to the rim, his shot, th- there's a lot of tools that he has where he's going to be a contributor from day one, I believe. And so I think teams that are competing will be kind of where he falls. So that kind of, you know, late first round, I, I don't know that he makes it into the second round after his performance at the uh, at the combine i think one of those late first round teams pick him up and there's there's a number of different teams in that area that you could look at um i think it's all in how their front office ends up valuing him and, and that's you know it, it's really really hard to say but it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if he did end up in uh in la yeah i think that would be a great fit i actually have him going 24th to houston you know just 
because Houston needs talent, you know. Yeah, <laughs> He's not really yeah. going to a contender in Houston, but you know, they in a rebuild, man, you just you stock up on talent for sure. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I love I love his game, and I do see him rising too. I had him probably at twenty four, uh, even before the combine and stuff. So I have we'll have to keep an eye on him. He could be steady rising. Uh, who knows if you know, like um, Shreve Cooper's height went from six one to six four. If somehow he can get his height up to six five, he'll be in the lottery, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wonder how true that is. So that that's was um, I was watching a, a video earlier, and um, Rafael Barlow from NBA Junkies, he he mentioned he's like, if you had told me before the combine that Cooper was five eleven, I would have believed you. Mm-hmm. And so you know, it's really that they say those combine measurements are, are supposed to be like the the ones that you can count on. But I don't know with him, man. You know, I guess he, he is young enough. Maybe he had a, a growth spurt, and he did grow yeah. some. So he's getting it. But, yeah, I agree with his talent, man. He he could definitely you, – you see that height going up more. He could definitely be climbing the boards. Yeah, do you have an NBA comparison to him uh, for him? or For no. Bones? Yeah, for Bones. Um, so there's an interesting stat, and, and I'm going to preface this with – I'm not saying that he's this level of talent because the guy that I'm going to mention here, (laughs) the guy that I'm going to mention here is generational talent, but, um, and I don't have it here. I had it earlier. There was, it was a stat for players that shot 40% from three and 80% from the line on a certain amount of attempts. And there was only two players in the last 30 years that had done it. One of them was Steph Curry and the other one was bones Highland. Wow, and so that's a guy. I, I'm not saying that that he's gonna be that level of player because you can't predict that, right? You know, nobody right. knew that Steph Curry was gonna be Steph Curry whenever he got drafted, or he wouldn't have fallen to a seven. Like that, it just wouldn't have happened. So he's got he's got a lot of tools, man. He can move without the ball. He does a lot of things great. Um, kind of a lesser guy from Steph Curry that I would say. Mm, man, that's tough. Well, you want me to tell you who I wrote down? Who yeah, yeah. Reminded me of. I yeah. saw a little Emmanuel quickly in his game. You okay, see that in any way? Yeah, yeah. Another young guy that that can really fill it up. Yeah, I think that's a pretty solid comparison. And that's you know, I hate even mentioning the Steph Curry thing because that's like a, a pet peeve for me. Is like, oh, this this guy is going to be uh, the next Kevin Durant, or this guy is going to be the next LeBron James. Man, you don't know that. You can't, you know, like periodically you will get a guy that is no doubt. Like when LeBron was coming out of high school, you knew that he was going to be an NBA star. But these guys that are going mid to late first round, early second round, and you're seeing comparisons to like all-time great players, I just, I'm not about that life. So that's why I wanted to, you know, put that that up front of, hey, I'm not saying – that this kid is going to be Steph Curry, but no, you said it. It's on the record. Yeah. Oh man, okay, that's fine. <laughs> hey, if it works out, I'm gonna look like a genius. I'll take it. There you go. Yep. yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll we'll go into my guys. So we'll bounce back and forth. Uh, I'll okay. start with um, Josh Christopher. Uh, he is. Uh, I have him projected going 23rd, so that's right in that same range. I have Bones going. Uh, he's six yeah. five, 215 pounds from Arizona State University. Average 14 points, five boards, one assist, one and a half steals per game. He's a very fluid player, um, has a great shot, great handle, very shifty, 
uh, has a nice floater. Just a good basketball player all around, and I think he can fit well on any team. Uh, you know, he's, his athleticism is off the charts, um, and he's just, you know, if you were to see players playing at the park, he would stand out to you. It's just knowing what to do, as opposed to some of these guys that are just athletic and a long wingspan mm-hmm. and are full of potential. You know, it's like it's a lot of guys in the lottery like that, um, but they hope they would develop. Josh Christopher has developed to me, and I think he'll be a really good NBA player. At worst, uh, you know, a sixth or seventh man coming off the bench. I think he'll be a good steal for someone in this draft because he, I think he's projected to go a little bit later than 23rd. Uh, so, do you yeah, have I think thoughts? it really depends on which site you're looking at. There's a lot of he, – he is a guy that um, – is all over the board. You know, I've seen some places where he was, you know, in the twenties, like you're talking. And then, man, I want to say it was like NBA draft.net had him in the forties. And I'm like, there's no way, man, no there's way. no way he's falling that far. But yeah, I, I really like him. The big wingspan is, a, you know, six, nine and a quarter wingspan for a guy at six, five, that's going to be just chaos on the defensive end, you know, and and you watch film on him. You can see him being disruptive in the passing lane and the stats show it at 1.5 steals a game. Um, You know, I I think that the, my one concern with Christopher would be his shooting. Uh, You know, he he only shot like 30% on uh, from three on four attempts a game. But once you get into the league, the spacing is better you're not always, you know, when you're in college, you're the number one or two option. So defenses are game planning for you. When he gets in a league to start off, he's not going to be that guy. So it's not, the defense is not going to be as focused on him. Um, so, you know, you may see that number go up. And in the last six games on uh, four attempts, he was shooting 48% from three. So, you know, it's, he has definitely shown signs that, uh, you know, with, with, the height, length, athleticism, those things are all good. The shooting would be a big question mark, but he is actually, he, he's had flashes that shows, Hey, you know, maybe he can find a rhythm to where he's going to be more consistent with his, his shot. Yeah, I definitely agree. I just like his talent. And I think he's a, I think he's definitely going to be a steal in this draft. And like you said, uh, most guys that are looked at as scores only, you know, like, Bones, pretty much. Um, Bones mm-hmm. Highland. Uh, I think with his wingspan, Josh Christopher, I think he'll be able to play some defense too. So that'll help him stay in the league for a lot of years. For sure. Yep. Three and D All guys right. get paid for a long yep. time, man. Exactly. Exactly. Um, we can move right along to your second guy on your list. Who do you have? Uh, my my second guy is uh, Isaiah Todd is a guy that I want to talk about. And I'm hoping that you can shine some light on this because I cannot wrap my mind around why this kid is so low on draft boards. Right. Well, he played in the G League and he Mm -hmm. was on a star-studded team. So I think if he would have been in college or on a team that wasn't so star-studded, he would have got to shine more. Yeah, but he he was still productive, even yeah, you know, even yeah. playing with the, you know the star studded G League Ignite team. He he was still productive, and you know the way that the league is going with you know they want everybody to be able to stretch the floor. Utah is a great example of this. Everybody on that team, outside of Rudy Gobert, can shoot it from outside, and you know Isaiah Todd has shown that that that's something that he has in his bag. There's definitely. 
for him to be that size and and be projected that low, you know, there's going to be holes in the game. But I just don't see that there's any way that that he should fall down to the area where some of these these boards are having him fall. Yeah, I totally agree. I I think you know for some guys playing in the G League helped them and definitely helped them financially. But I think if Isaiah Ty would have went to college, he probably would have been better off in this draft. But you know, hopefully now you know in a couple of weeks there will be the draft. So scouting and everything, all the news and articles should be ramping up and he'll get a lot more attention and start moving up boards. Yeah, he what can stay like? he can stay where he's at, man. If he can if he stays <laughs> on the board until like the mid second round and the Grizzlies are able to trade up to get him, dude, I would be so happy. So happy. Yeah, Memphis is great at drafting. You got to see last year with uh, yep, for Bay. sure, man. So I'm sure you guys will be uh looking to <laughs> snipe him. So uh, I, I didn't, I guess you may have said it, but I missed it. Where did, where did you think that uh, Christopher was going to get drafted? I have Christopher going 23rd. Okay. I, I He is a guy, depending on who's on the board at 17, he's a guy that I don't mind Memphis taking in the first round at 17 just because of their position with their roster right now. They're not in a spot where they have to have a guy in the first round that is NBA ready. Christopher, sure. it, he he probably is that. He could probably go somewhere and produce day one, but they could draft somebody that has, you know, like take a swing at upside. That's not what they've done since uh, Kleiman has taken over in the front office. They have drafted NBA ready players. That's, you know, you get mm-hmm. Brent, Brandon Clark, Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman. I'm not going to mention John Morant because it's the second pick. You know, like later in the draft, where they're at with them being 17, they've targeted guys that have been, you know, three, four-year college guys that are NBA-ready that other teams were passing on because of their age, and it's worked out well. But they're in a position this year where they don't necessarily have to have a guy that's NBA-ready. They could get a guy that could either, you know, maybe play down in South Haven on the hustle team or be an end-of-the-bench guy and give him some time to develop, and, and they would be perfectly fine. Well, yeah, definitely with Memphis trying to go for the playoffs, they're either going to get a plug-and-play guy or a project. So it's, it's no in-between. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you, you probably you, – I think you can use a backup point guard, maybe a backup small forward, but you're not looking for really a starter to come in there because your team is so good right now. Right. If if they do, it's a plus. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yep, yep. So uh, moving right along. Were you done? You got everything with Isaiah Todd, or is there yeah, yeah, man. I, I he was just a guy because of his frame, his athletic ability. I'm watching film on him. I didn't understand why he was falling that far. And, and that's you know, there's a number of different guys in this draft that are. It's. I guess funky is the best way to say it. You know, Zaire Williams is a guy that's getting Mm -hmm. a lot of hype right now for the upper end of the first round on NBA draft.net. They, you know, they have a rating system where they rate a player based off of like 10 or 11 different things. Isaiah Todd scores higher than Zaire Williams on that. But Zaire Williams is projected in their top 15. Isaiah Todd is like 57. And I just, I don't get that. I, you know, I, I understand watching the film and you can see the holes with the guys and stuff like that. But Zaire Williams is a guy to me that's getting a lot of hype that 
I, I don't understand it at all. And that's, you know, I hate saying it like that because I don't dislike the kid. I think that if, if he falls in the first round to if he's drafted anywhere from like 20 back in the first round, I think that that's fine. But if he goes Liar. in the top 15, yeah, if he goes in the top 15 of this draft, I just, I feel like that's too early, man. And, and you know, I, I've been wrong before. If I'm wrong about him, I've been very vocal about I, I'm not buying into this kid. If I'm wrong, I'll eat crow for it later. That, that, that's fine. I can take it. But he didn't show me anything in the games that he played in college that makes me think that he's going to be able to do anything at an elite level you know, in the NBA. Oh, a lot of hate for Zaire Williams. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> I have him going 21st in my mock draft in New York. So it's looking like he's going to be up in that range. Uh, but uh, he definitely needs to put some weight on him, and that might make him, you know, with a year or two of development, I'm sure he'll be a different player than he is right now. But that's just uh, we'll have to wait and see on that one probably. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so uh, my second guy, I'm going to go with Johnny Juzang. Uh, out of UCLA, the 6'6", 210-pound forward, averaged 16 points per game, four boards, one-and-a-half assists, and one steal per game. Uh, he shot 35% from three. Uh, just about every shot he made uh, not only went in but was all net. Uh, his middle name should be Swish. Like, all his shots are just <laughs> beautiful, you know. That's how you know he's a good shooter. They weren't bouncing around or clanking in. They were all net. Um, if you want a shooter late in the first round, I think he's your guy. A lot of people have him going in the second round, um, mm -hmm. especially after his showing at the combine. He did not play well at all. It looked a little bit like not ready for the moment. But, you know, not everyone goes to the combine the same. Some are ready to attack. Some are a little overwhelmed. But I think on a team setting uh, that he's used to, once he gets drafted, settled in, I think he will have a good career. Um, in his film, I see a little Clay Thompson in him. Obviously, like you said with Steph, he's not probably more than likely not going to be Clay Thompson, but I see a little bit of his game in him. He just needs to get to that right team. Um, yeah, man. And, yeah. You know, if he doesn't reach those Clay Thompson levels, he should at least be around Danny Green levels, you know. And Danny Green is making $15 million a year and has had a very nice long career, a great shooter for a long time. If you can shoot the ball, that's not going away. So I think Johnny Juzang is a sleeper that not many people are talking about. In a positive yeah. light, at least. <laughs> it, it, it's almost laughable whenever I read some of the, like, I am I really started digging into the draft a couple years ago. And then, you know, I've, I've found more and more guys that I read. But the one thing that, that makes me laugh is when they talk about a guy not being able to create separation. And then you look in the league and you see guys like Danny Green, J.J. Redick, Joe Harris, you know, and you can get, and the list goes on. Clay can kind of, he, he is the exception to that rule. He can shoot it coming off of a screen or, or spotting up, but he can create space if he needs to. But there's plenty of guys in the league that are very successful at what they do that cannot necessarily create for themselves. And I think Juzang is kind of, he's one of those guys. He, he struggles to create separation because his first step is not good. But he can shoot the heck out of the ball. And, and you saw that if you watched the NCAA tournament. He played very well in the NCAA tournament. Um, I, I don't see a problem with his game, honestly. You know, like I think that he, he is going to – what he's able to do, he's able to do it at a high level. And, um, you know, I think that it's going to translate pretty well moving into the NBA. 
Great, great. I like it. I love to hear it. Um, hopefully he'll have a great showing from now on, you know, but I think he will, like you said, have a great, you know, career when he gets drafted. Um, and for your third and final guy, who are you going with? Man, yeah, I didn't actually have a, a third guy. I guess Zaire was was my third guy that I was talking about. <laughs> um, I, I figured we'd just t- talk a little bit more about Memphis and, and where they're at at 17 and some guys. I've got a, a, a few guys that I like for the Grizzlies at 17. Okay, let's do that. Let's do that. The uh, the absolute dream for me would be James Boknot out of UConn, man. I oh, just yeah. – I, I love his game. I love the way that he he moves around without the ball. He can shoot it from anywhere. The way that he moves without the ball, I just salivate, man. I'm like, please pair this guy up with Ja Morant because it's going to be electric. You know, it like you you have the Grizzlies struggle shooting the three, so they need somebody. They have Desmond Bain. They have Grayson Allen. Grayson can't stay healthy. Don't know if he's going to get traded. There's a lot of question marks this summer, but at the end of the day, you can never have too much shooting. And I just feel like Boke Knight could be that guy that they could take that maybe this year he's not starting, but he could eventually move into that role. I just like his pairing so much with John Morant because of, of the the skills that he has, the things he's, he's able to do. But odds are he's not going to be on the board at 17. So then I kind of fall back. Um, Kai Jones is another guy that I, I like a ton, but he's another guy I'm not sure is on the board at 17. And, and, before the combine i'm like okay you know one of these guys could possibly make it to 17 and then you know combine comes and they're doing measurements and these guys are doing well and they're climbing i'm like okay i'm gonna have to look at somebody else who who is that person going to be and i think if the grizzlies don't change ship if they do what they've been doing since climbing has taken over i think it comes down to two guys at 17 Chris Duarte out of Oregon and uh, Joel AI from Gonzaga. I like both of those guys. Both of those guys can shoot the ball. I like AI a little bit more, even though he's not as high on, on a lot of boards. He played on a really good team in college. So he kind of took a back seat to some better players, or you know, maybe not even better players. I don't think we've seen the height of what Joel AI could be. I think that he is a guy when he gets into the league because he was on such a good team in college, he didn't have to go out there and be the guy and he was okay not being the guy. I think that we're going to see him just blow up in the league. He's a guy that I really feel like whichever team he lands on, it's going to be a fantastic draft pick. Yeah. Um, I That's, that's, that's interesting. You mentioned Joy Ayayi. Um, yeah, I have him as it'd probably be a good backup point guard in the league. That it, I think that would be a little high. That would be a um, that would be a shocking selection, I think. <laughs> but you know, you probably could get him in the second round, but you probably will get him yeah. in the second round. Well, I, I'm just looking, you know, like so the Grizzlies are at 51 in, in the second round. Mm-hmm. He, he's not going to be on the board there. And and Kleiman's not afraid to move up in the draft. He he's done he done that to get Brandon Clark. He done that last year to get Tillman and Desmond Bain. And so if they if they see a guy that they like and they're available in the second round, they're not scared to move up. And the Grizzlies have plenty of assets that they could do to move up in that second round. But I'm just telling you, like from from what I've seen, and, and I realize where AI is on boards and stuff like that. But again, 
the Grizzlies don't have to hit a home run with this one. This could be a guy that, that develops. And I really, truly think that, you know, with, with all of his physical tools and everything that he could do, I think that he's going to be a good NBA player. And that's that's something, you know, you take shots like, right, you're, you're guessing on all of this. You don't really know for sure. But based off of film and everything, you know, when, when he needed to make a big shot for Gonzaga, he didn't, you know, he didn't shy away from the moment. He made the plays, you know, he's good defender, just a lot of great things from him. And, and, you know, either one of those guys, Duarte or AI at 17, I think is you're reaching a little bit. There may be other talent that's out there. That's better, um, you know, projected, but you know, it's, I think from pick 15 to about, I'd say 35, you can make an argument for a lot of those guys to go anywhere in between there. And that's, you know, that's why I'm not scared to take a swing on, on, you know, one of these guys that maybe projected a little bit further down the board. And it's, it's quite possible that Memphis moves back out of that 17 spot because of the position they're in with their roster. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I do love Chris Duarte. I actually have him mocked at 19. So, you know, and that's higher than most people too. So, I would not mind him going to Memphis. I think he's an underrated player as well. Um, in my mock, I think most people have him going a little higher, but I have you guys drafting Franz Wagner out of Michigan. How would you feel yeah. about that fit? Possibly like a back Hard pass. Hard <laughs> pass. Come on. He, he, he don't move the needle for me, man. He, he, he just – no, and that's there's two guys that have been mocked to the Grizzlies a number of different times. Wagner is one of them, and then Zaire Williams is another guy. And I'm just I'm just over here like anybody with those two, anybody with those two. Uh, you know he I, he gets a lot of like I think Wagner and Kispert are two guys that their game is is kind of. Man, I, I just – I don't like him. I'm not going to go too deep into it, honestly. Like, I, I don't want to say something crazy, but he, he's just not a guy that moves the needle for me. I, I think taking him that early is a mistake. Well, I, I see what you're saying because a lot of people have him in the top ten, and I'm like, I don't see that. Uh, but yeah, yeah. like you mentioned earlier with Memphis, you would take a safe player or a complete project, and I think he mm -hmm. would be like a safe – backup player you know no risk yeah but the ceiling is not that high either um so but i wouldn't mind what, what do you think about Corey kispert uh, ayayi's college teammate would you like so him? when there, there are a lot of memphis media members that are head over heels in love with him like that like that's their dude they <laughs> would give anything if he ends up on the memphis squad i I don't have an issue if the Grizzlies end up drafting Kispert, which I don't think that he's going to be on the board at 17. So I didn't, I didn't pay as much attention to him as maybe I should have. But I think between those two, there's, there's a lot of similarities in the game. The thing that Kispert does better than Wagner is create his own shot. If they are too aggressive on a closeout, Kispert's going to put the ball on the floor and get to the rim. And I just didn't see that from Vagra. I don't think that he – maybe not that he can't, but he's not going to be as much of a threat as what Kispert is. So I'm, I'm fine with Kispert at 17, but 
you know, th- there's plenty of guys that I think are going to be available. If you ask me who I'd rather have between Kispert and AI, I'm taking AI all day long. Wow. I, I know that's crazy, but I wow. just think, I think AI is going to be a better NBA player. Okay. Okay. Well, that's a guy, that's a name for you guys to keep your eye on. Ayayi out of Gonzaga. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a great call. That's a bold, shocking, hot take, hot take. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> I have Kisper going 15th to Washington, but it's going to be interesting to see who lands in your 17th spot, like who all will be available and who all you take. So you have to lock it down right now. Who are you picking for the Memphis Grizzlies? Uh, like my number one guy, if he's number on the board, yeah, it, it's Boke Knight in a landslide. Yeah. Like to there, there's nobody close. Like he, he's my number one by a mile, but it, it's it's looking less and less likely that he's going to be on the board. Um, so you know, like it would be three three guys that are are possibly on the board. It would Boke Knight, Kai Jones. Mm, man, and three three is tough. There's guys better, but AI would be three for me right now. Okay, I love it. I love it. You got to go with your gut because you know uh, the MVP of the league this year was drafted in the second round. So yeah, just because yeah, exactly. of where you're projected does not well, mean where you're going to end up. D- Dylan Brooks is you know he's one of the best players on the Grizzly squad. He was taken with the fortieth pick. So you know you can find talent. Um, uh, Lou Dort was taken 51. So th- there's talent out there. It's all about finding the right guy and then having the people in place that can develop that talent. And even though he has shortcomings, Taylor Jenkins is fantastic at developing talent. He he has proven that with his team. And so that's I'm not scared of them taking somebody that's that's a project because I believe in him from that side of things. I think if they take a guy if they take a swing at an upside guy from this year, I think that Jenkins could develop. I'm going to have to try to get Ayayi on the podcast. This is a lot of love for Ayayi. So <laughs> this is going to be great. I cannot wait to see where you guys go in this draft. And I'm sure Memphis will be moving up and down the boards like they have been doing in past drafts. And, you know, you have a great organization and I think you guys will nail it. So. Uh, that will be it for today's show. You know, thank you so much for joining me, David Williams. Uh, give everyone your social media one more time before we get out of here. Yeah, yeah, man. So you can get the show uh, on Twitter at Hootball Grizz. I'm at DWill2111, and my co-host Isaac is Isaac underscore Rivals. Man, I appreciate you having me on. It was fun. Oh, yeah, thank you. And I'll definitely have you back. In the coming weeks, and especially after the draft, because we got to see what Memphis did and talk all about that. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the All Rookie Podcast. It's been fun. See you next time. Peace.